Greetings from the Illinois School for the Visually Impaired. Welcome to the Walk Down Memory Cane podcast feed with Dan Thompson. Today we get to share with you the banner from May 17, 1955, read by Anna Cincello. We pray that all is well with you and your family and friends. God bless until we meet again in the next podcast. The Banner, Volume 1, May 17, 1955, Page 1. The Banner, published monthly at IBSSS, Jacksonville, Illinois. Faculty Sponsor, Hugh Jones. Braille Supervision, Louis Rodenberg. Editor, Barbara Winters. Layout, Gerald Galloway. Reporter at large, Robert Keeler. Special Events Reporter, Richard Leitz. Associate Editor, Janet Trulson. Proofreader, Janice Avery. Sports, Gerald Galloway. Mrs. Stratton, Honored Guest at Music Festival Mrs. William G. Stratton was a guest at our school on April 28, 1955. On her arrival, she received a bouquet of roses, carnations, and orchids. Cheryl Peterson made the presentation on behalf of Illinois Braille and Sight-Saving School. The governor's wife was then conducted to the main dining room where she was honored at a luncheon. During the afternoon, we were privileged to have Mrs. Stratton as our honored guest at the Lowell B. Mason Music Festival. Mrs. Stratton listened to music presented by the school orchestra and glee club. Vocal and instrumental solos were also included in the program. There were selections by Beethoven, Debussy, and Victor Herbert, as well as the works of other well-known composers. The musical portion of the program ended with piano renditions of Kubik, Bartek, and Brahms by Gerald Garofalo, a graduate of our school, who received his Bachelor of Music June 1954 from Illinois Wesleyan University. Several times during the program, Mrs. Stratton remarked how much she enjoyed the musical numbers. She particularly commented on the harmonious blending of the glee club and the orchestral arrangement by Mr. F. G. Myers. Mrs. Stratton graciously presented trophies to Janice Avery, Best Girl Musician, and Donald Heitler, Best Boy Musician. After the festival, each student was introduced to Mrs. Stratton. All were impressed by her cordiality and sweet personality. Each felt that he had acquired a new friend. We are happy to announce that our school is planning to make this music festival an annual affair. 
we are all looking forward to another visit from Mrs. Stratton. Our wishes for a happy summer and good fishing from the Banner Staff. William G. Stratton, Governor, State of Illinois. Otto L. Batag, M.D., Director, Department of Public Welfare. Leo J. Flood, Superintendent, Illinois Braille and Sight Saving School. Triangular Track Meet A triangular track meet was held at our school April 16. The meet was held with the boys from the Kentucky and Missouri Schools for the Blind. The results were as follows. Massa, Illinois, 5.9 seconds. Hopkins, Kentucky, Gibson, Kentucky. 75-yard dash. Summers, Illinois, 8.8 seconds. Massa, Illinois, Hopkins, Kentucky. Standing broad jump. Hopkins, Kentucky, 9 feet, 2 and a quarter inches. Page, Missouri, Johnson, Illinois. Standing high jump. Page, Missouri, 4 foot, 5 inches. Possel, Illinois. Bryan, Kentucky. Basketball throw. Galloway, Illinois, 116 feet. Sykes, Missouri, Weir, Kentucky. Three consecutive jumps. Galloway, Illinois, 29 feet, 8 inches. Hopkins, Kentucky, Johnson, Illinois. 12-pound shot put. Johnson, Illinois, 33 feet, 8 and 3 quarter inches. Hopkins, Kentucky, Anderson, Missouri. Hop, step, jump. Galloway, Illinois, 27 feet, 3 quarter inches. Gibson, Kentucky, Summers, Illinois. Special Commendation We salute two of our very able students for their excellence in music. They are Janice Avery and Don Heitler, who won the Music Festival Awards at our school, April 28, 1955. Decathlon Results Class A, Johnson, 1,361 Galloway, 549 Connell, 505 Class B, Possel 1,121 Sperry, 528 Trueblood, 517 Class C, Massa, 398 Brown, 325 D, Keeler, 184 Class D, R, Johnson, 429 E. Barton, 422. T. Glenn, 204. Class E. 
Donaldson, 733. J. Massey, 664. N. Weems, 536. Route Music Festival A music festival was held with Route High School on May 2nd. We enjoyed it very much. Route was also here for the play day and had a very good time. St. Louis Trip Sunday, April 17, Mr. Zvab took six high school boys down to St. Louis to see a double-header baseball game. The St. Louis Cardinals played the Chicago Cubs, and they were both good games. The boys who went with Mr. Svab were Charles Junger, Carl Troutner, Pat Morris, Willis Nitzel, Gerald Galloway, and Bob Watson. The Cubs won the first game 6-5, to and the Cardinals won the nightcap 14-1. to the Cardinals got 10 runs in the first inning. The trip was very enjoyable for all of them. Happy Birthday Since this is the last issue of the banner for this year, we would like to take this opportunity to wish all the little boys and girls at IBSSS who have birthdays in the late spring and summer a very happy birthday. They are as follows. Cora Mitchell, who will be six on May 20. Joe DeCourcy, who will be six on June 6. Jack Lawson, who will be seven on June 1. Diane Rick, who will be seven on July 25. Rita Cunningham, who was nine on May 4. Aline Hyken, who was nine on May 11. Sammy Bellamy, who will be 9 on July 16. Harold Bocock, who will be 8 on July 5. Ronnie Miller, who was 11 on April 24. Irma Piercy, who will be 8 on July 15. Patty Ross, who will be 8 on July 12. Alana Bickers, who will be 8 on July 5. Jimmy Crockett, who will be 10 on August 22. Marilyn Gill, who will be 9 on August 2. Lemuel Phipps, who will be 11 on June 25. Federal Trade Commission, April 29, 1955. To Barbara Winters, Editor. Robert Keeler, Reporter-at-Large. Dear friends, the school here in Jacksonville is the friendliest institute of learning I have ever visited. Perhaps if I were going to class every day, had to study, follow schedule, and pass exams, I would not be as conscious of this feeling. After all, it's one thing to come here and listen to a very competent orchestra, a delightful girls' glee club, and solo performances by your top artists, and then go with the music still ringing in your ears. This, of course, is a lot different from the study of schoolwork you have. Perhaps when you or any of your classmates visit me in Washington, 
you too will be thrilled at the beautiful courtroom and spacious marble and mahogany furnished offices I sit in. But don't forget, to me these are rooms where I must work and learn and study, just as you. What I would like to get across to your readers is, don't let the routine of what you are doing make you forget that underneath the daily reception we follow, there is a hidden but exciting gain to be had. Of course, all of us have to do a lot of things that are small and inconsequential, things that don't seem very important at the time. It's how you add them up at the bottom that counts. As for me, I find the blind girls and boys of IBSSS are trained to expect and to get the best there is out of life. Good luck to all of you until I see you next year. In the meantime, remember me. Yours truly, Lowell B. Mason. Visit to Journal Register Offices on Wednesday, April 13, at 1.30 p.m., we visited the Journal Register newspaper offices. Mr. John Satterley showed us through the different departments of the newspaper. In every department that we visited, we were given a clear explanation of the work that goes on in that specific department. They gave us some different kinds of materials which will be beneficial to our journalism classes in the years to come. We enjoyed the trip through the newspaper very much. The New Banner Magazine The Banner Magazine, published monthly at IBSSS, in conjunction with The Banner Newspaper of Jacksonville, Illinois. Faculty Sponsor, Hugh Jones. Braille Supervision, Louis Rodenberg. Editors, Patrick Morris, Phyllis Beesmeyer. Layout, Jack Summers. Poetry Department, Carol Ann Smith. Fiction Department, Celine Bush. Staff, Neva Joe Massey, Peggy Carter, Tommy Walker. The Mysterious Cave, Chapter 2 The two boys stood there silently for a moment. Then, Tim spoke again. We can't get any more lost than we are now. Let's walk on. I guess you're right, Danny agreed. Just standing here isn't finding the way out, but I wish Flick were here. He'd know where to go. He probably would, but he isn't here. Tim reminded. And wishing for Flick isn't helping us any. Let's go! The two walked on through the jumble of passages. There was scarcely enough light to see where they were walking, and often they stumbled. What sharp rock! Danny remarked, flipping one over with his toe. What's that? he stammered, as a small animal scuttled from its hiding place under the rock. Probably a salamander, laughed his brother. Look, another room. The two boys entered the cavern and stopped in amazement. The room before them was a strange picture indeed. 
A stream, perhaps the one they had crossed before, flowed into the room from a crack in the wall, through the room, and out the other side. The roof of the cavern was held up by large columns of stone, which cast long shadows in the dim light. But the strangest thing was the walls. They were covered with pictures of animals which had been carved into the stone and painted with eerie paints. Who could have done it? asked Danny. I've never seen anything like it. Neither have I, said Tim. Look at that strange thing over there in the corner. I'm going to look at it. Danny turned to follow him when to his ears came the sound of a bark. He listened then gave a long, clear whistle. He waited a moment, then whistled again. In a moment, Flick came bouncing into the room and rushed to Danny's side. Danny scratched the dog's head lovingly. See, Tim? I knew Flick would come. His voice trailed off. Tim was gone. Tim, he called. Then louder, Tim! Danny started toward the corner, when, to his relief, Tim's head appeared. "'What happened?' Danny asked. "'I thought you'd disappeared.' "'Come here, and I'll show you,' said Tim as he climbed up. "'You see, when I came over here, I was watching that picture. I didn't even look down until I fell.' "'Was it very deep?' Danny asked. No, but even a short fall is a shock when you don't expect it. Then Tim noticed Flick and spoke again. Well, here's someone who can get us out of here, he said as he patted the dog's head. Flick, will you show us the way home? In response, the dog raced to the entrance of the room and barked. Of course he will, said Danny. Come on, let's follow him. The two boys came toward him, and Flick started off slowly. As he led them through the winding passages, he stopped occasionally to see if they were still following him. "'I see light!' Tim exclaimed. The two boys raced out into the light, and Danny shut his eyes for a moment, for the light was almost blinding in contrast to the darkness. Then, as he opened them again, he looked around in amazement. He was leaning against the fence with Flick at his feet. Tim was just coming out of the house. There was no cave. He had been dreaming. He stood a moment longer thinking of the cave, and then followed Flick and Tim out of the yard. They had a whole day of exploring ahead of them, and maybe, maybe, there would be a mysterious cave. This is the concluding section of The Mysterious Cave. Poetry Corner The Brooklet The brooklet ripples down the hill. It passes trees so calm and still, and races forth right past the mill. The brook must hurry on. It passes many flowers gay. It cannot stop somewhere to stay. But it keeps on going night and day. The brook must hurry on.
Spring. Sweet spring is here, and everyone is gay. The birds all sing, the flowers bring great joy to each spring day. The Hermit Thrush. When the dusk has softly fallen, freshened by an evening rain, then I hear the silvery music of the hermit thrush's strain. All the world is hushed and listening to the notes that falling slow kiss the earth like elfin music while warm breezes softly blow. The Bluebird The bluebird is a pretty bird, his voice is sweet and clear, and when we hear his joyous song, we know that spring is here. Long and Long Ago Long ago the Lord looked down, through the years, to this small town, this street, this house, and planned that I, while I was living here, should try to do his work and will. And so he started, long and long ago, to make this person which is I. He watched and guided from the sky. Had this one marry that, and he sometimes would make one cross the sea to meet the one he was to wed. Strangely, strangely, they were led. And strangely mixed, some Irish, Dutch, some Scotch, a little French, not much, and English blood, to some degree, till many races met in me. To give me just this mind and face, and then he saved me by his grace. But then while he was making me, he had to make another. He knew that my weakness would need strength and understanding through the length of pain-filled days and years. He knew my coming helplessness, and too, he knew that other would need me through magic of love's alchemy. For this, dear Lord, I give thee praise. And so he worked his wondrous ways. Just as with me to make this man and finish that which he began, until at last we too should stand the workmanship of his great hand. And then in God's good time we met, my love and I. We thank him yet with grateful hearts and love him so because he worked thus long ago. Spring Fever We have often been slightly puzzled over the phrase spring fever. We are not experts on this subject, but we have done some thinking about it. We wondered about what it is and where it came from, and our imagination concocted the following. Spring fever is a very strange type of thing. It makes you feel lazy, yet restless. When you have it, you wish you were somewhere else. Yet in a way, you are content where you are. Maybe one of its most noticed symptoms 
is wanting to do the very opposite thing of what you should do. This feeling came over many people in the springtime. The learned men may have pondered the subject a great deal. What was it? If it had come in the summertime, one should say that the heat had them down. If it had come in the wintertime, one could blame it on the cold. But it came in the springtime, when, as a rule, neither the heat nor the cold is extreme. The experts knew this. They looked for some reason, and finally, for lack of anything better, they called it spring fever. Is summer vacation too long? What is a vacation? Boring or fun? The dictionary's definition of a vacation is as follows. A scheduled period during which activity or work is suspended. On the 13th of May, school will be drawing to a close. Finally, the day when all activity is suspended, May 26th. Waiting for that 345 whistle to blow is hard, but it blows and you're free. At home, you have a fine time for a month or so, and then things become hard to do, like making your bed. You just can't think of anything to do. The work you are supposed to do is not fun like it was at the beginning, and you say, I wish school would start again. The next few weeks are torture until your dad says, if you do the work your mom tells you to do, you will go on a vacation with him and mother. So you go on a vacation to get away from a boring vacation. You had fun on the vacation with mom and dad, but now you have two weeks before you go back to school nothing to do. You've done everything. You can't wait until you go back and see your friends. So, do you think vacations are boring or fun? Editor. Fashions to Fancy. This time I have some things that you might like. I have a skirt, blouse, jacket, and a nice dress that you may choose from. Here is a jacket that you can wear on some of those cool nights. It is called the corduroy button jack. Creamy pinwheel corduroy scattered with merry little buttons. It is also guaranteed to be washable. Here are your choice of colors. Charcoal, pink, mint green, beige, and white. Most of our girls like skirts. So here is a skirt that you will like. Bouffant corded skirt. Whirl your way through complimentary glances in this eye-opener of rayon and acetate line-look falric. Each graceful tier is separated by four rows of cording. It has a straw-like belt. The colors are avocado green, peacock, and tangerine. This blouse that I'm about to describe will look nice with that skirt. It's a boxy long torsal blouse or a loose open jacket. Broad bands of self-trim sturdy cotton broadcloth 
in shy pastels. Pink, blue, lilac, apricot, and white. The season's soft new feminine look. Smoothest cotton broadcloth with delicate fagoting on the empire bodice and a full flaring skirt. Note the darling doll-like sleeves. It is a dream to launder. Your choice of colors are moss green, periwinkle blue, lipstick red, and lilac.